We love our pets, but when the floor is covered in fur, that's harder to love. Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has powerful 8,000 PA suction to make hair vanish from floors in just one pass. Plus, the roller brush has automatic detangling for easy hands-free maintenance. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. This is the Mark Boris Podcast. Great morning. It's been a beautiful morning. I had a fantastic Easter break. I went out to my farm and um, hung out up there and, um, you know, just uh, watched the cows roam around the place and I talked to my staff and uh, looking forward to today's um, podcast. Uh, we've got Guillaume Brahimi here. Um, good morning, Mark. Hey, mate. A great mate of mine. And Nick Boris. Good morning, Nico. Hey, good morning, guys. Nick, Thanks for coming in, Guillaume. Nick, yeah. pleasure. Well, speaking of uh, great chefs, uh, Nick Boris went down to uh, Bannister's and had dinner with Rick Stein and we've got mm-hmm. Guillaume Brahimi. Mate, Nick, yeah. you, you have to cook something yeah, big oh, tonight, mate. I, <laughs> no pressure. Yeah, I'm... Uh, I'm I'm a big, I'm a big fan of both of these guys actually, and I said that to Rick when he sat down. I said to him, like, you know, I didn't want to, you know go up and hassle him, but I did say, look, I, I thought I thought I should mention I am a fan. When you when your shows come on about you know India and the subcontinent and Southeast Asia, I'm always sort of watching them. And um, no, it's good. It's it's a different kind. He was he was quite a funny bloke. It's a different kind of fan base. Uh, and he often gets sort of you know 40, 50 plus women coming up to him asking him uh, to sign. Their breasts at, on occasion. You serious? Yeah. yeah. Guillaume, has that ever yeah, happened yeah. to you? I think they've had. Has like, any woman ever asked you to sign her breasts? They, they go to his <laughs> events. And, Not yet. Uh, <laughs> Not yet. He get, they get sourced up usually before he arrives. So oh, right, like, if by you the want. time he gets there, they're all sort of half cut. And, uh, you know, the older girls, they sort of walk over and they. He's, he's the, it's interesting because he's their rock star. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah, the ladies yeah, yeah. that are sitting at home, you know, with lifestyle food on watching his stuff, you know, he, he's, he's, he's the. Everything for them. So it's funny how food. Give it's, it's. It's funny how food. Like fifteen years ago, you wouldn't watch a food show. Maybe you no. did. We used to have that uh, guest. Uh, there's a French Gabriel, guy, Gabriel, Gabriel Gatti. Gabriel, yeah. Gabriel, Gabriel still Gatti. Around, He's still around. Yeah, yeah, but that was sort of about as much as you ever got. But now we have food channels, and food's yeah. such an important part of life. I mean, what what's brought all this about? What do you well, I, I think um, the, the social media, big part of it. You know. Uh, you, which business you can be reviewed on the spot and be sure around the world. You know, like uh, mm. every night in my restaurant, I would have somebody doing a review live on TripAdvisor, on all this um, uh, website. So that's, that's, and you know, everybody's a foodie now. Mm. Uh, all these reality TV, TV shows. Yeah, I, I think there's two variety of shows who help a lot my industry. Uh, firstly, there's uh, the Rich Tang shows all about showing the great world we live in. Sure. Uh, uh, Food Safari, it's, there's no competition. It's about actually uh, admiring and uh, uh, 
you know, seeing all these people from the baker to the butcher to the grower. So showing the great country we live in and also the the rest of the world. And after that, you've got the the reality TV was a contest. Mm. Everybody um, wants to be on MKR. MKR, uh, MasterChef, mm. uh, Hot Plate. and I love MKR. Uh, oh, they're great. They're great. Yeah. But, you know, uh, and... And it's uh, I've been on these shows, so yeah. I can't say they're bad because they, they huge amount of followers, huge amount of followers. But we need to cross. There is a line, and you know, a chef, you know, being a chef is much more than just being on a reality TV show. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Um, and you know, I started cooking 33 years ago, and when when I started cooking reality, t- being a chef was not very. Mm, uh, fashionable yeah. thing, and well, tell I us always about it. remember. Can you go, can you go back thirty years? Yeah, I come from a family of of doctors, and and you know, a chef. Mum, very good cook. Dad wouldn't be able to cook an egg. <laughs> uh, but 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 just to understand, you know, I come from France. France got a, you know, rich history. Well, you know, I, I jump around, but but I remember arriving in Australia and going to find bread, and the only bread I could find was a bread slice with an expiry date. You know, that's <laughs> an expiry date. My grandmother, till the day she died, and she died in 98, was going to get bread for the breakfast, for lunch, and for dinner. For herself, she was eating by herself. She used to have a quarter of a baguette yeah. each time. Yeah. And that's the, way, that's the way 80% of the French people do. My dad would go buy the, the cheese. That's his job on the Saturday. He goes to the market. He would go buy a wash wine in, let's say, in a six arrondissement, but you know the best blue is in a twelve arrondissement. So he will spend two hours to go buy, and and he's not a, a cook. Yeah, exactly. But that's the way we live. Yeah. So when I say I wanted to be a cook, firstly I was very lucky because I was fourteen and I knew what I wanted to do. Huge relief for my parents. I was never going to be a rod scholar. And what about a rugby player? Weren't you? Oh, I wish I was. Finding a career I wish, in rugby? I, I wish I was, but we used to get paid a, a case of VB when I was playing, so <laughs> I, I would. Uh, no, but I love cooking. I love, I, love, I love the restaurant industry. I love, actually, it's a whole concept I love. I love making people happy. Mm. That's what the hospitality is about. You know, we, uh, you can call celebrity chef, whatever, but, but at the end of the day, my joy is when I see my restaurant full of happy face. And seeing the empty plate, I know it sounds cliche, but seeing a plate who's been not leak, but use a bread to finish the sauce for me, I've done my job. So I've got a pretty, <laughs> no, but you know I what I mean. So, so I've got a pretty easy job, you know. Like we, we we're not saving the world, but we make people happy, and that's really important. And and, and, and well, so you're saying though. Do you think that's important, though, Guillaume, to be successful? Because everyone in this world is all about success. You say successfulness is actually um, the outcome. That is, you appreciating somebody else's um, wiping the plate with the bread. Is that yeah, what success yeah, is about? Making lots of money. No, no so, so that's my happiness. Yeah, and my happiness is based on that of making people happy and seeing my restaurant full and seeing my plate empty. But what makes me happy also is I've got about 140 staff. So all of these 140 staff, some of them pay school fees, some of them pay education, some of them pay rent, some of them pay mortgage. So I, I believe I am part of the Australian economy. You know, I contribute a big part of it. Um, and 
but big successful financially, well, I have to be successful financially, so I need to make the business work because if it doesn't work, if it doesn't make money, at the end of the day, it's a business. And if a business doesn't make money, you need to close it very quickly. Sure. Mm, you got nothing. You got nothing. So it's a very... Uh, and so I've got two hats, in a way, on my head. I've got the hat of the creative chef who just wanted the best produce on the plate and, and want to be generous and want to give, 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 because deep down, that's what I cook for. Mm. The pleasure of giving great food and great produce, talking to my grower. You know, the other day, I've got this grower in the Blue Mountain who turned up with five radish. And I said to me, how much is that? And he said, oh, $15. I said, you can't do that. You can't drive from the Blue Mountain to deliver me five radish. You took three hours to come down, the petrol and all of that for five radish. They're the best radish I ever found. But, you know, this, <laughs> no, but if I don't say to him, change your business model, because you know what? In three months, I'm not going to be able to get this radish because this guy will be bust. Mm. You know, so we need... That's my exciting part of saying, yeah, let, let's, it's great, give. And, but, but also, uh, we live in a, in a society in Australia when it's a very high cost of living. Last weekend, to have my restaurant open, we were paying $52 a waiter per Whoa. week holiday. You serious? Yeah. So what do we do? Should, we, should I add this increase in wages into the price of the restaurant. That's, that's what everybody does. We are, the, and we are the slowest of everything because uh, celebrity chefs are the leader in my industry and they think they're they um, unstoppable and all of that. But we don't have one union who stick together. You know, the biggest problem we've done in my industry is when the GST happened, I'm not saying I'm against or for, but we should increase the price by... 11%. Mm. What we did, restaurateur, we just say, oh, that's fine. Let's put the GST on top. Uh, in, in, Including the bill. <laughs> that was the biggest mistake. We, don't, we so they went, just lost 11% we went 11% backwards in one day. Wow. Yeah. Uh, when when there is a tax beer, when you buy beer, every six months, first or whatever, they write it to you. Mm. They pass it on to the customer. And you don't do holiday search. You didn't do the holiday search. No, 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 we didn't. Yeah. We didn't. So there is, it's, you know, like, a, and also, we've got so many restaurants. Just think pre-Olympics. In, in Australia. In, oh, well, let's, we, we, it's, it's important. I love Australia, but let's think about Melbourne and Sydney, who are really the two big engine room of Australia uh, in the hospitality game. Think about pre-2000 Olympics, okay? Mm-hmm. Look what we've got now, the number of restaurants. Are we talking hundred more restaurants in Sydney? Do you, I mean, I, I, look, I just take it all for granted, but in a relative sense, do you think we have too many restaurants in Sydney relative to, say, Paris or like per capita? I mean, well, I think we don't have enough people. Okay, don't we have don't have people. enough people. Also, we we are in a in a, in in a country when people don't go out on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Sure. You know, so uh, every restaurant is full Friday, Saturday. But you, you can't have a successful business if you only open two nights. So it's a, are, you, are you saying then, Guillaume, that there are, and I mean, I'm, as a landlord, I've experienced this, um, there are too many people who think that they can just, it's just go, I'm a chef, or I know how to cook a little bit, I can go and open up a restaurant, and they just assume that they're going to make money out of it. Yeah, yeah, and also they think it's fine, but also there's a lot of investors who think, well, that's cool, I want to have a restaurant. Yeah, and yeah, all. Yeah. But I think this time is running down because they realise that <laughs> there's no much left. At the end, if you're really serious about 
about what you're doing, okay? Mm. So meaning value for money. And value for money doesn't mean cheap because if you pay for expensive produce, you expect to pay the right amount. Because if you don't pay the right amount, there's something wrong with the, the wagyu beef, the lobster, the caviar and all that. So I, I think what happened with the GFC has been a big cleanup of average restaurants who are not who are not right. Um, and I think the the people of Australia and the tourism tourists are starting to know what's who are the the restaurants who are succeeding. So, so you know, you're, like your they know oh, your they know your I restaurant Paddington is Paddington's doing well. You know, I work last night to eleven o'clock, we are full on a Tuesday night uh, of of uh, tourists and, and local we Paddington is my baby in a way of I wanted to create a very special occasion restaurant. Sure. Problem with a very special occasion restaurant and that's the thing you learn as you go with my business anyway is Whatever you want to do, at the end, you will do what the demand asks you to do. Yeah. Okay? You so, can't tell the people. The people will tell you. Well, was it, was it strategic in, in how you, like when you just, when um, Benelong closed down and you're yeah. thinking, okay, they're going to do another restaurant. I can go similar to Guillaume at Benelong or I can go, you know, sort of well, Bistro I, at Crown. Nick, I, I did exactly the, the same. So I, I thought, okay, I'm, I don't want Benelong anymore. I'm not... I'm not tendering, okay? So yep. people say, how do you feel about losing Benelong? I say, well, I, I haven't lost because <laughs> there was a lease. Yeah. <laughs> when there is a lease, there's a starting time and a closing time, yeah. okay? So you always know when that's going to finish, okay? I think many and people know that. You should, that that's well, good to set the record straight. And a lot when, of people say that to me uh, too. They go, and and when, when the lease come up, they wanted to change their vision. Mm. When I presented my vision 14 years ago to the board of the Opera House, who was a different board, different chairman, huh? and they endorsed my vision, and we went on it. Was that a successful business? It was a very hard business. It was really hard, very demanding. A lot of hours, a lot of Saturday morning spot I miss with my kids, and, you know, will I do it again? I'm not sure. Mm. But I made a lot of people happy. We raised a lot of money for charity. We made so many weddings. We, You know, when I say I was not tendering and have this discussion with Kim Williams who was a chairman at the time I sent him a, uh, my press release before he was going public to let him know that I was not going to tender so it was done the perfect way and after that you know so I, I got heaps of letters of people saying oh we get, that's the same but the thing who marked me the most is the people from Wagga Wagga from middle of New South Wales, Queensland said, we used to come here once a year for a special occasion and you made us happy as a family. And, you know, they're the letter I, I keep very close to me. But That's success. That's yeah, a success. Yeah, it's great, you know. Like we, but, and after that, I say, what do I go? And I was obsessed at finding a venue like the Opera House. It's not such a thing, okay? So I say, okay, what do I want? And I went overseas and I went in London. I went to a restaurant called The Leadbury in Nothing Hill, who's run actually by an Australian chef called Brett Graham. It's a two-star Michelin restaurant, amazing. And Nothing Hill, very much like Paddington, houses. And, sure. and I look at Darcy's. Darcy's, firstly, Darcy's for me has got a very soft spot in my heart. This is a restaurant I took my wife when we have a first daughter, when she had one night out of the hospital, we went to Darcy's. When I left Key... I went to approach Atilio, the owner of Darcy's, and tried to buy it, and he said to me he wasn't ready to sell. So I got Benelong. So it's just, it's funny, life is just a, 
a trail, you know, and you keep yeah. coming back to, um, and, and I say, this is what I want to do. Is that a very successful restaurant? Uh, we're full, but we, we decide to go top end of the market. So we are classic French technique with an avant-garde who's very much Sydney. Um, you know, we, I think it, we will be, but we opened a year and a half ago. So it'd be very easy to throw the towel and say, you know what? Much more easy to run a bistro. Sure. I've got 30 staff at Guillaume and we do 55, 60 people. You, wow. The, the, the That's a good ratio, isn't it? Uh, service. It's a good ratio if you're a customer. Yeah, if you're a customer, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what? <clears throat> It is my flagship, and I, and I, and I really enjoy being there, and that's and, and I keep pushing the boundary, and and I think we're creating something very special. Mm. On the other hand, I've got uh, Bistro Guillaume, who's going to open in the city on George Street, and that's a very commercial agreement. That that's that's going to be my bistro. When's so that happening? Uh, July August. Where is it? Um, uh, the Suncorp building, so next to NAB House, two fifty nine George yeah, just, Street. Yeah, okay, from us in in the lobby, and it's going to be breakfast, lunch, lobby. and dinner. Perfect. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Takeaway. He taking on Rockpool? Is it sort of like no, a no? No, no I'm taking because he just up the road. He's got his yeah, uh, but he's, uh, but hamburger joint. Neil is right? my friend. Yeah, and, of course. And we, w- the CBD of Sydney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's thirty thousand people. Sure. Uh, who need to be fed? Absolutely. You know, we need. There is not enough restaurant in the CBD. Yeah, well, that's. I'm glad you're opening. I didn't realise you're opening because uh, my building is where my office is, is uh, and where Nick is. Uh, we're just above, above Rockpool, and I use his bar as basically my canteen. I go there every second day. That Neil Perry's bar, yeah. and uh, only because it's quick, fast, simple. And I, and I know what I'm going to get every time. It's consistent. Yeah, you know, I think fish salad, steak salad, whatever. And that's what we're going to do. I'll be, and, I'll and, be able to walk down the road and see you perfect, now. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'm, I'm serious. Yeah, well, I, well, no, I but I'm not, nothing, no, no reflection on Neil, but, no, but I, mean, I need somewhere else to go. I, and I don't know where else to go in the city unless and, I've got to go to Zoom or something. And I'm amazed the number of people, business people, who eat every day for lunch. There's yeah, still I do. a lot of people who do yeah, that. Yeah. So I've got that. I just took over the four in hand. Yeah, I, that's right. I in heard about Pennington, that. Yeah, so fantastic. we open on Thursday. So we'll, uh, in the restaurant, yeah, the restaurant and the pub. Okay, so I'm cool. doing all the bar food, and because I've seen you doing on it, putting it up on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. So but that I'm, wasn't you then, was it? Is it yeah, 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 yeah. That was, was your food. It. So we started. Yeah, okay. and I'm doing a gastro pub. So my version of what gastro pub I think is in. Yeah, my version of the the cine food. What, what's a gastro pub mean? Right? Well, that's England. That's comfy food. That's it's not, like a Heston Blumenthal style stuff. Or, 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 not, yeah. No, no, not no. Comfy food. Oh, comfy food. Oh, comfy comfy food. food. Oh, yeah. so I'm thinking about not gastronomy. Tricky. Gastronomy. Not, not yeah. tricky food. Yeah. Comfy yeah, food. Yeah, comfy food. And you mean like mashed potato? Yeah, mashed potato. A little, little steak or something. Very simple, and it was very important for me if I do that to make sure it doesn't interfere with uh, the bistro. So yeah, yeah, yeah. This is not a French bistro. It's a gastro pub. Because the, the, the four in hand used to have um, that Colin. Irish guy. Yeah, was, Colin. Yeah, it was yeah. good. It was, it was but great. It was, but it was a it was bit great. fancy. Like, not a bit fancy, but a little Lots bit fancy of for pub. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, he's done two hats. Two hats. He, he did a great job. Oh, yeah. I'm not looking for a hat here. Yeah. I'm looking for a community restaurant yeah. when, when the local mm. goes two times a week. So yeah. that's a good point because, you know, like, well, you know, down in Watto Bay, there's, uh, if you're trying to find a somewhere to go and get a feed. It's impossible. It's impossible. It's impossible. I mean, yeah. sometimes I might go to uh, that place there that uh, Dunbar House for lunch or something like that, but 
yeah, it's it's okay. It's good. Like it's a good venue and all that. But you know, if you live in Paddington, which is a very dense area, there is very few places you yeah. can go to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. so that that's that that'll do well. And you, and you need to have the right uh, price structure so people go there sure. and don't feel you know can spend seventy five dollars and have two courses and a half bottle of wine. To what share. are you going to call bistro? Guillaume? Uh, we call it uh, four in hand by Guillaume. Four in So you've got and just what do you got down in Crown? Both in so Perth and I've got I've got I've got Melbourne. Uh, I've got Bistro Guillaume in Melbourne, Bistro Guillaume in Perth, and I'm a I'm a director of culinary for Crown. So I'm a director of the food and oh, beverage for everything of, of Crown Resort. Right. Just, just, I mean, and we can we can stop at any point um, yeah. if, you, if you're uncomfortable talking about this. But it, like, what about the um, the structure of like of how of the deal you've got with Crown versus? So you own your own, you own these. Well, you may or may not own four in hand. I'm not sure, but you own the 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 one at Paddington. Yep. Um, you own a couple of other places. Um, is it better to sort of come in there as like a culinary director, or is it better to well, as, a, as, a, as a business is it more, less stress? Like, can you do what you need to do well, better I, as a director? I, I, I think I think um, there's uh, there's as much capex you want to put out. Yeah, sure. And and uh, I think the reward I'm getting of 33 years of of who I am in my professional life yep. make people wanting you to open. Sure, uh, place in their that is your cap business. Thirty three years. Well, that's right. And they, they're getting right. that. They're getting that that's from right. you. And they're going to pay for it. And so at yeah. uh, Melbourne and Perth, you know, I'm a, I'm, uh, I've got a management fee with with yeah. Yep. And we partners, and it's been going well. But you direct the, you direct traffic. So you say this is the menu. Yeah. yeah, I'm trying to bring some some real vig- vision. Sure. Uh, of of keeping in mind, uh, Crown is a beast. And 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 just sending a little bit of love with the staff, and and just saying, you know, when you do a room service every night from midnight to seven a.m., mm. uh, you don't see much of the light, and I'm talking <laughs> not just the light from outside. Yeah, yeah. So the room so, services is like you so actually, I'm doing the menu. I'm, I've got a menu in Crown, Melbourne, and I'm doing the menu in Perth. Okay. I'm doing all the Crown uh, room service in Perth. Is it, easy, is it easier to like to run it from that sort of perspective? Because like I imagine for Crown, it's not so important whether or not the restaurants run at a profit. Uh, it's more there to oh, feed the. No, these days, no, it is. I, I think yeah. I think uh, um, it, they have to because it's uh, it's square meters of real estate of real estate, sure. and they need to get a return. Sure. So um, obviously, they you know they've got other income. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's a business, and you need to be successful. Okay, and it's got to stand on its own, right? I, yeah. I, and I get that. I, I, yeah. it, it, so in other words, there's no lost leaders anymore. No, you, know, no, you can't. The, yeah, I mean, we got to try and get as profitable if possible. Sometimes it might be a lost leader. You know, when you just said to me, then Gavin, you got Crown Perth, Crown Melbourne, uh, Bistro Guillaume. Yeah. Coming up in George Street, four in hand, four in hand, and also uh, I'm, a, I'm, and, a, I'm a I'm a culinary advisor to uh, public house group management, so the people who bought all the pubs, and I'm uh, I'm helping them, ad- advising them on uh, the Woolara Hotel, so Bistro Monker, yep. the Coloroy Hotel, the Buena Vista, and the Forbes Hotel. And, of course, you've got your own restaurant in Paddington. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You've got the TV shows. So you, some, books. I, I mean, I often see you... Uh, with Maeve and Mira, which is one of my favourite segments when I see my mate up there with Maeve. Maeve's fantastic. I mean, Amazing. That was, that was one of the things I've done. You went around the world with it. You uh, went to France. France yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 At ten days, we filmed 10 hours of TV in 10 days. That's, wow. that's, a, that's, a, that's, that's, that's a lot. That was 6 a.m. to midnight, and after that, we were driving the van to go to the next place. It was unbelievable. Um, I didn't really want to do it. You know, financial was like, oh. And... 
I come back, I was so rejuvenated. I was so proud of what I do uh, because I connected with the people who make me what I am. So the baker, so we spent a day I with saw the that baker. one. I saw that, one, that episode. Yeah, you took it to the baker. Uh, we, you know, the guy, every yeah. day the guy get up to make the best bread he can. Yeah. We went to um, a ship. Some people do making this amazing organic goat cheese in the middle of nowhere. And seeing the excitement in their eyes, like my God, and and that's why I believe that's why France France is so special. You know, the artisan, the the craft craftsman. How important is it to promote yourself for the for the? Because you've got like this very serious, you know, uh, chef side to you and and businessman side to you. Yeah. But then you sort of got to lighten up when you get on TV and and create like a bit of a persona and and and, and create PR for all these things. How important is it to sort of maintain that to for the success of, of the other parts uh, of your business? Uh, I think you know there's different. <laughs> I think you doesn't matter if you do reality TV yeah. or a documentary. You just have, you know I show my passion, sure. you know, like a, yeah. um, and and don't judge when you do reality TV. Don't you know like you have to realize who's done the dish and what their capability. Um, and if somebody you know, and after that uh, you have to judge the technique of it, but also the passion and and. You know, I think be be kind. It's got to be nice. It's not, it's, be nice. You, you know, know what I mean? Nice. Like you don't have. Yeah. It doesn't bring you anywhere. You know, and I understand yeah. for reality TV, they'd be a, 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 a nice old chef. They'd be a terrible. They'd be the nice guy. But at the end of the day, you need to stand alone and yeah. and be encouraging. Uh, yeah, be encouraging. Like these people are making you mm. famous in a way. Not them. You know, not you. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, so yeah. you. Let's don't forget you need them. Yeah, yeah. And I guess with all this, given you've just given us a like a plethora of things that you do. Like there's, it's a huge amount of um, gravity in what you do and there's a lot of it as well. It's not just the weight of it, but there's a lot of things happening. How do you feel, find time to be Guillaume Brahimi, just the guy? <sighs> or is that well, you? Does that define you? Are those Mark, things defining you? The, the, the hardest thing for me... Is to find the balance, mm. and that's 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 unbelievable because you, you know, there's a cliche of saying you know when you're happy at work, you might be difficult in your personal life or vice, tell me about it, vice versa. I know, I know. Well, <laughs> ask my son; he's standing there right there. So, so my this is, this is our uh, quality time. Think <laughs> <laughs> of my quality time. Yeah, yeah. So you'll be able to do this with Loic one day. That's yeah. uh, your son. He yeah, spends yeah. quality time across the table. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 yeah. And 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 the problem is, I can be very selfish, not not with me, but with my family in a way. When I'm happy at work and the restaurant's busy, I I, I can work seven, fourteen days straight. It doesn't bother me. Like when I'm mm. in a mood, but it bothers everybody else. That's right. In machine, but you don't see it. Can you do uh, both? Is it possible? I mean, well, I, I don't think it's possible. My view is, you can't do all those things you're doing in your business, my business, and do the other job very, as very, very well. Well, do you know? Um, I was talking to a friend of mine who, who's, got, who's a very successful restaurateur in New York, and I was saying, "How do you manage all of that?" And 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 he said to me, "I do my diary, and I do twenty five percent family." And, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but that's yeah, what he, yeah. he does and he sticks to it. He fills the diary up for the week. <laughs> for the year. For the year. So 25% family, 25% friends, 25% business, and 25% himself. 
It's pretty low weighting to business, isn't it? Twenty five percent. I don't think it's enough. Yeah, for yeah. Business. For me, I can't. Yeah. I know, but I, so I said to myself, "Well, my business is is ninety, <laughs> so ninety yeah. five. Yeah. So, but you know, like yeah. it's all. I, but you got it. He's done a conscious thing. That's a very conscious thing. I couldn't operate my life where I have to walk it's around. It's a very Buddhist. I, I, you know, I can't do Buddhist that. and he's very... Yeah. It's, it's, well, it's, but, but me, what I... You know, like, it takes nah. a passion out. Like, you're a Frenchman. Like, you're, you can't sort of sit with a book I to, can. driving the quarters. But I'm trying, and, I'm trying to get better. Like, uh, and the way of, I'm doing that is if I'm with my children, I am with my children. If I decide to take time with them, doesn't matter what's happened at work, I can't be on my phone checking oh, who's at the restaurant that's it. You decide to do tonight, not be at work, be with your children, it's okay. Can I, do you mind if I ask you, I mean, sometimes people don't want to talk about this, but you know, I, I've got four kids. But I know your kids, but you just, to those who are listening, um, tell us about your, your kids. I mean, what do you got? Boy, boy you got Loic, Lo- 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 your youngest so, um, son. So Loic is four. He's four now. I saw a but, photograph yeah. of him standing in your Mercedes okay. through the roof uh, yeah, yesterday. Audi, Audi. Audi was it? Oh, sorry, goodness. sorry. Sorry, Audi. <laughs> Audi going to take the car. Oh, yeah, that ambassador for Audi or something. But I saw him. It was in the beach. Uh, yeah, yeah. We he's grown so much. Yeah, he's beautiful. He's, um, yeah, he's just unbelievable. And your beautiful daughters. Who so I've got Valet. I've seen him the whole time. Valet was nine. Uh, Ono is 13 and Constance just turned 16. What? Last. Constance 16? And we have a party for her on Friday. Oh, yeah, mate. 100 kids at home. So it 16? Was, yeah. Do you, remember the, do you remember the girls when you come at the 40 Nick? I think I might have seen, seen them once or twice out there. Yeah. You, I mean, you would have saw the two older ones yeah. going back a few years ago. But you look, I'm just saying that because you look so young, Gail. I mean, like yeah. 16. I know, I've got you know, probably some gene like your dad. So yeah. we, he's a, boy, his grandfather yeah. died, grandma, 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 yeah, 98. Yeah, 98. I yeah, can't oh, boast that. It's oh, <laughs> yeah, usually the Italians that live longest, not the, the French people with the butter and the diet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, you know, um, it's amazing, you know, like I'm 48 and and I've got four kids um, and that's, I don't need anything else right now. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just want, you know, work is good, but, but you know, you, you, my children are, are everything. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Speaking about young people, like you've obviously got some young chefs in there, right, that are probably quite focused on, on be, being the best chefs they can be, but do you have any young guys in there that are sort of like, they want to be, the, the business as well. They're, they're sort of they're, they're they're quite interested in the business side of things, yeah. and they're coming up to you and asking you, "Hey, hey you know, look, I, I want to be a great chef, but I also want to. I want to be in the business of being yeah, a great chef. I want to not, build not, a great business too. Not many. Not many. I, I think. So you've got firstly, not many people want to be a chef. Okay, who wants to work on the weekend and at yeah. night? And, Is that true? Uh, oh, it's. They all like the idea of it when they see Master Chef. Yeah, but when the guys say, we "Well, are. you're starting at eight thirty and you finish at." 11 tonight. They're long hours. They is. And intense too. Intense and pressure. And, and so so I said to them when they start, I said, well, if you if you stick with it, mm. you're already 50% more than everybody else because 50% will quit. So if you yeah. hold on. Just last no, minute standing. No, if yeah. you're courageous yeah. and you're not scared of putting the hours, you know, you are so yeah. well ahead of any 20 years old, okay? After that, just make sure you listen. Mm. And, and sometimes things don't make sense straight away, but in the, in the future they will. It's, it's an, you know, being a chef, it's an, you're making an investment for your future. Sure. So the, the, the hard yards you are doing, if you stick with it, um, don't try to do 20 restaurants in five years to have a CV like that, you know. I think just stick with one or two mentors 
and and don't be shy to spend some time. What, what about around town? Are you like are you noticing like young people opening places up? You know, whether it's a restaurant or a bar. What are, you, what are you seeing out there that, that you think is a good idea and what are the things that you think are a bad idea? Well, when, first, you, when you see people open up no, for first, the first couple first of months. See, what's a good idea is uh, we've got, w- there's a lot of entrepreneurial young kids up there, so yeah. I think that's great. Yeah. Uh, do they have the, a good business plan? I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, the problem is... Do you ever you, walk past something and go, oh, that's not going to work? I don't I think well, that's a bad idea. Firstly, me, I never want to see a restaurant going so, out of business. Yeah. I can imagine the pain of somebody having financial distress. Yeah. And for me, when restaurants are full, every restaurant is full and it's great. It means yeah. the economy is healthy, people are spending. Sure. Um, but the thing is, with a restaurant, and I think it's more or less the same for every business, it's not one day. It's been consistent every day, every day, every day. So when you try, firstly, opening a restaurant at 20, it's a big risk, you know? Like means the guy started at 18, in two years, yeah. you're ready to be a restaurateur. I'm 48 and I'm still learning. You know, so uh, one step at a time, you know. Um, um, I, I think go travel, you know. Uh, if I would recommend to a young guy, work in, in Sydney for four years. After that, have a good mentor who can send you to a great place in Europe or the States for two, three years. Sure. Come back, work again, share your knowledge, then most of the Australian people wouldn't have. Mm. And when you're ready, be ready. You know, like a big difference being a chef than being a restaurateur. Yeah. The restaurateur pay the bills. Yeah, sure. Do you need, are they mutually exclusive? Do you need to be a, a chef to be a good restaurateur? No, you can be a front of house and be a restaurateur. Yeah. My position now, people might say, why you keep opening places? Is because I've got an abundance of great talent who have been with me for eight, 10, 12. You know, when we opened uh, Paddington, and, and you might know that, Mark, but I'm a pretty crazy uh, sport addict. And um, in a test match in rugby, they say, oh, uh, the Wallaby are 200 cap as a team, you know, so the number of test match each player play put together. Me, I was saying, how many with my team? I was saying, how many cap we have? And when we balance it, it was an average of eight years with me out of 30 people. Well, you actually kept a lot of them <clears throat> after Ben Long. You kept yeah. a lot of them on the, on the payroll yeah, that was, before you even opened up. That was such a great idea. <laughs> it doesn't matter. But that's, that's part of what you stand for. But that was an investment because, you know what? I trained. That was my Your investment. DNA in a way. And, and you invested in these guys. But I keep, yeah. So I wouldn't be where I am now without them. So you have some time. Things don't make really sense on a piece of paper with numbers, but but it is important for over the time, especially over time. Okay. Well, I, I want to make an observation about Gilman because you know Nick used asked an important question, and you know Gilman might not want to say that about himself. He might not even know about himself. But one of the things I know about the guy, no matter what he does, is Gilman. No matter what Gilman does, he does it one million percent. So there's no half. Even like I know when he trains, he's a mad trainer, and he trains. I would say in some respects to excess. Because he's excessive, because he takes the view, I think, I don't know whether it's a conscious view or not, but he takes it, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this properly, I'm going to do it well, and therefore I'd rather go overboard than go under. Mm. You do this with your business, yeah. you're, you are excessive and obsessed with doing a good job, whether it's mm. training, I'm sure it's the same with your kids, and I'm sure it's, that's how it is with your business. With your, you, know, you, yeah, you and, spend and, the hours. And, and that's you know, I don't think, and I'm not saying that's right or it's a balance. You know, we come back to the word balance. But you know, I remember when I was at Benelong, I only have Sunday off, mm. 
And from the moment I was finishing work on Saturday night at 2 a.m. after a 90 hours week, I was planning my Sunday. I wanted to do everything I could on a Sunday. Play with the kids, uh, exercise, see my wife, um, do something, you know. And, and the, it's a race. And you arrive on Sunday night and you're like, I couldn't do that. And, and it was so not beneficial for my own health because I was just... You know, I was exhausted and all I should have done is rest and play with the kid. But I was trying to do everything. I'm talking about having a lunch, a glass of wine with my friend, play with the kids, go for a swim, go for a paddle. Go. And it's just not possible. Yeah, you can so, only so much in. That's right, that's right. Um, hope, you know, like, it's all about, like I say, I can do two weeks full on, no break, nothing. And after that, I do two, three days when I concentrate with the kids and I go back to this. I'm just, it's a continuous rebalancing, balancing. And when you think you are, you're too much on the scale. And it's like with training. I'm obsessed with, because if I, if I don't go to the gym, I'm so upset on me. So if I, so my normal day, you know, like today, I took the kids to school. Uh, so 7 a.m., breakfast, kids to school. We're doing this thing. After that, I'll be, I've got meetings uh, for uh, George Street. Uh, I will try to go to the gym in the afternoon. I must go to the gym in the afternoon because if I don't, that set me up for a very bad night in the kitchen because I, said I was not organized. I couldn't go. And, 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 you know, people say, oh, just leave a little bit early and all of that. And that's so right. You know, like a, never rush to an appointment. Always make sure you're 10 minutes on time so you don't rush. Um, it's all about... You know, makes your life better. Better, yeah. Plan, but I, you planning, know, it's funny. You know. Like I, I'm only just starting to learn this, but I tend to go like you hard for 14 days, 10 days, 12 days, but then I sort of collapse. I, I then I have to have yeah. three, four days, and everything sort of goes haywire, and I'm sort of just not available. I mean, I, I'm mentally conscious. I'm not available. I sort of have to go into a. So I'm like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Um, I'll be work Friday and I'll be work on Monday and I'll be available, but I'm just not mentally there because I, th- I don't think you can do this. I mean, as you get older, especially when you're 30, you can do it. Yeah. Uh, as I've got older, just become more efficient during the 10-day period at doing everything. And then, I, But I do need those four days off after the 10 or 14-day period just to recover a little bit and get my, my head back. And that might mean talking to my kids. In my case, it might mean me going to my farm just hanging out at the gym, talking to you or Cocky or Dove or yep. Ginge or whatever. Like, it's sort of, but I need that time off. And I think this balancing, it doesn't matter whether you balance once a year, once a fortnight, uh, once a day, <laughs> once every two weeks. It doesn't really matter as long as you understand you've got to get a balanced rhythm going, Absolutely. a rhythm of balance. Absolutely. And then you've got, you've got yours. And my was up to more recent was haphazard, we, in different times. But you must get that period where you just give up and just let your body have a rest and, and your brain. And, and also being very efficient at work, you know. Don't go to work and say, I'm at work and not being efficient. So maybe spend a little bit less time at work, but when you're at work, you, go for you're it. very well organised and boom, boom, boom. Mm. You know, like I, 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 I can imagine myself going at work and looking at the internet and watching the news and after do a little bit of things, you know, I go to work and cool. I want it to be full. Yeah, Oh, and, you know, I'm saying that yeah. was a very productive day. We need to be productive because if you're very productive, you will end up spending less time 
uh, artwork. And your yeah, business like, is one of those businesses you can't do on the internet. Your business you can't do by email remotely. No. You have to be there. Yeah, but but that's also, but also I need to trust my team. I've got a great team. I just employ a GM nice. because I need a you know like a you know as of five weeks ago I was still checking all the wages of the restaurants. You know like you just can't do that. Yeah, you know that'll um, take way too much time. Well, off of, yeah. You can, and that's me being a control freak. And, and how, I want to ask you about how important is being control freak? Do you think? Well, I think it's 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 there's a big difference of being a control freak. And if you're not, doesn't mean you become lazy. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Like a, uh, I don't check everything means I don't care. No, 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 no. Don't check everything because now I've got a team who's getting paid to do that job. And you have to rely on them. And you have to rely on them. And if they don't perform. They some KPI, they all over, and they're the one who get the the blame. Up until five weeks ago, I would not let anybody take annual leave or a sick day or whatever, unless I approved it for my whole organisation. <laughs> up until five six weeks ago, I've only just recently <laughs> delegated it, and now I just have the top tier guys who I look at. But that's a form of paranoia and a form of being a control freak yeah. in the business. But I've, it took me some time to actually uh, make myself let go. But I need to know who's on holidays, who's not on holidays, who's taking the piss in terms of taking sick leave, and you know, I just—it's a paranoia, though. It's a bad uh, paranoia. Yeah, but but you look at the most um, successful company, international company worldwide. There, there is no structure like that. You know, like you look at Google. Mm. It's—I <laughs> was lucky enough. A friend of mine worked there, and I visited them in a, in a state. It's it's nothing like a, a company, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, and it's all about like you responsible, you responsible for what you do, yeah. and and you don't have to do it between nine to five. Yeah, no, no you, actually, you, that's a better way of doing things. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Like you do it, okay? It's yeah. Okay. If you have to take the kids to to school in the morning, that's right. You can start at ten, no problem. It's based uh, on sort of our, our like uh, you know uh, deliverables as opposed yeah, to yeah. like you know time. Yeah, it probably yeah. wouldn't work in your place because no, you know, it the customer arrives at it doesn't, 6 but it, but it also, um, you can bring your problem at work. You know, I, I'm very be careful if I'm cranky about something. I don't arrive at work and and being upset about it, so I'm going to upset the whole team. Is that acting though? Are you acting or you performing? Well, or a you little bit of both. A bit of both. A little bit of both, you know. So I'm really be careful of, I know how much I'm going to set up the day at work, the way I walk into work. And if I go check the hand of everyone, uh, hello everyone, uh, or if I just walk out and don't say hello to anyone, the guy say, oh, the chef is in bad mood. Mm. You know, so I, I'm very conscious now Then whatever I do when I arrive in one of my restaurants, the first impression I'm going to give is a good one. And I can really feel at the end of the day. Yeah, because it, it ripples, right? Oh, like, yeah. I've got to learn to do that. Yeah. I'm not, no, but why not take that away? No, seriously, because yeah, I'm a cranky bastard at work. Well, and, but, and, you uh, know, it's so easy. You're on the phone. You know, you've got worry. You've got uh, pays to go and you have to pay. All of, and you're like, oh. and you're working and you've got guys in the kitchen. They're there for you. You know, they're cooking. They mm. just separate that, you know. And I always make sure when I'm at the office looking at balance sheet yeah. and P&L, from the moment I go from looking at that to the kitchen, I can bring that problem to the kitchen because that's yeah. yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. I actually remember They're unrelated. I actually remember um, at my last job um, when the market was really crap and you know things were out, out of the boss's control. But he gave a speech at the end of the year that was the most depressing speech. You know, like it just 
really um, made the outlook look grim for for him and everyone under him in the organisation. And people walked away from that, and they all, they all felt like shit. You know, I mean, it's just so important for the yeah. leader to and- to convey positivity. And have the right attitude because you know if he can't have the the person at the top doesn't have the right attitude. Well, it doesn't. Yeah. Pretty certain. But I'll tell you something. Yeah. I, I've got a, my chef in Paddington, uh, who's been hiding in a way of just listening to me, not being creative. And the last three four months, I'm letting him being more creative. And I believe the food we're doing now is the best food we ever done. Yeah. Because he that. knows what I want. Mm. He's got my DNA. You know, he's been cooking with me for ten years. But he's a very creative person and he's 10 years younger than me and all he does is read books, watch things on Instagram. So he's one of the hipster, you know, sure. like he goes out you know, and he's working in a classic restaurant. So he's bringing this avant-garde into the restaurant, you know. They're the sort of guy who said to me, oh, we should have a ceramic plate. I'm like, no, we haven't, no, we, don't, we have porcelain. <laughs> and putting my food on ceramic plate, changed my vision of looking at it. I'm saying, wow. So we, it's, it's trusting the people. Yeah. Use, use the people for what you employ them for. If he's a head chef of your restaurant, let him, let him have a go. Because my job, and I really believe on that, my job as, as the owner of a business as, 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 is to hire the best people available around me. Mm-hmm. Meaning, I want the best chef. I want the best sommelier. I want the best weather. I want the best pastry chef. I want... It's only going to make my brand better. The day you start hiring people who are yes people, yeah, uh, you're yeah. gone. Yeah, I agree exactly. with that. Yeah, been, we can talk for hours. Uh, three things. Anybody budding restaurateur, budding hospitality person, what are three, just, I mean, it's probably 103 things, but just what are three things that you would advise them to have a good look at before they decide to go into this industry? Well, are they ready to do the hours? No, that's, that's the first that's, thing. That's the first thing. Uh, I, I would say don't ever compromise on quality. Don't hide. Don't you know? Don't ever compromise on quality. Doesn't matter if you do a pumpkin soup or you roast a lobster. Don't ever compromise the respect of the produce, and treat your staff the way you would like to be treated, but also treat the customer the way you would like to be treated. And that's why all my staff. I encourage them to go for dinner at restaurant because I want them to understand what it is to be a customer. And in other words, make sure the experience is right. Yeah, that's right. And I want to thank you, by the way, and I haven't had a chance to thank you publicly, but for putting me and my dad and my sons yeah. in your book. Yeah. Um, and but what's the name of the book? Is it Guillaume? So Food, uh, food, food for Family. Food, food for Family. Yeah. So and the, uh, I really appreciate it. So I did it. that with Sancha, yeah. my wife, and, and, and the idea was um, uh, we did the first one was Food for Friends. Yeah. And I did that uh, with Sancha, and that was uh, dedicated to my dear friend Chris O'Brien, the professor yep. Chris O'Brien, who passed away from a brain tumor. And I wanted to give the money. I was a director of Lifehouse at RPA, and I said, well, I'm going to do that because I think it was a very important uh, thing. And, and looking at the book, I think about him, and it's a, it's a, it's a really good thing. And um, again, uh, we, we got... Uh, you know, some friends who, 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 who with breast cancer, some passed away, and 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 Sanjay said, "I want to do another book, and I want to give the money to the National Breast Cancer." And here we go. So we we say, "Okay, we're not going to do food for friends, but what about we bring family we love? We go to their house and cook a roast lamb or or fig tart, or just seeing the way it's a little bit of a, a voyeur." 
because it, you go to somebody's house and, and, and people who buy the book don't buy the book just for the recipe. They love looking what books oh. are on the shelf, what so. candle they're using. And it's fantastic. And book. it's been fantastic. Uh, Anson Smart is probably one of the great photographers in Australia mm. and he did it and, and the sales are going well and, uh, and hopefully we're going to give a big check to the National Breast Cancer. That's fantastic. I mean, I, and I have to say it was a great opportunity for me to see all my boys and my dad together at one place. Oh, and and keep, my mate Guillaume yeah, cooking, we you, cook brick we, lamb we have, and put we it have, spit. We have such a good day. It was fantastic. And, and, and you know, like you, you will, you know, I, I, I love reading books, looking at pictures and that's, you know, I don't find one bad image about this book and uh, so much memories and, and they coffee table book, you know, I don't yeah. do a cooking book just to, to get a, a check, you know, like yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. want it, they're, they're special. Yeah, it's a very pretty book. And uh, and I noticed, actually, I got put in front of me for the first time on the weekend. That's I sent you but some. Uh, but uh, she, uh, uh, I think it might have been your wife that wrote this. It says, uh, the last son finally arrives. Yeah, Nick was late. You and I, I made you late, though, as well, because yeah. I forgot my keys. I left my keys back that's in my right, office right, and I had to get right. anyway. So I apologise for that. Yeah, that's but, right. but it all, it all so worked book, out in the, the end. Book, the book come out. Yeah. So <laughs> the, the book is a great, um, yeah, very happy with it. It's, uh, you know, like a... Uh, my kids, we, we said, Dad, you don't have a book. Now we've got two, and, and uh, we're very proud of it. And it's a nice thing. We sell them at the restaurant. We, people people take, love it. It's not, it's not a big deal, but I think anybody who's listening to this and wants to become a restaurant, there's a full suite of things you need to do to be successful in this industry. And a lot of it is about doing something really for nothing. I mean, like doing the book, spending the time, getting the photography, producing the book, Publishing it, and, you know, oh, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, you, these things. I mean, I noticed that Neil Perry, for example, has got a, some books on his counter yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. These are all part of the full suite of things you need to do to, to do well in your industry. Even in financial services, what I do, I do, I write books too. But it's coming here and doing the podcast. We don't get po- paid. It's the same thing. Podcasts. I mean, this yeah. is all part of the full suite of things. It's not just putting your hat on as a chef, go and cook the meal, and well, think yeah, you're going to walk they, out. There's, you know, there's a fine line of I could have only Guillaume in Paddington and just do that. Don't do anything else and cook there five days a week and two days off. It, life could be much simpler. Like Aldo used to do. Like yeah, Aldo yeah, used to do yeah, when it was Darcy's. Yeah, yeah, you play golf every uh, mad yeah, golfman. And you, you just do that. Yeah. But you know what? I've got a little bit of an entrepreneur in me and I'm like, you know, it's really hard to say no when somebody offers you a good deal. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you, uh, it's quite good for the ego to be in demand, you know, and, and, uh, and, and all I did is, you know, for your family. Do you want to be successful for your family? And the problem is when you open a second restaurant, after that, two, three or four, it's, you got the recipes, so you just keep doing them. And that's how you build your, your enterprise and your, yeah. and your empire. Yeah. And, you know, the real successful guys in your industry out there are all doing the same thing. There's you, Neil, there's uh, Matt. Matt, yeah. There's three I know, and they've all got a similar model. Yeah, a very similar model, and they all work their asses off. Everybody's working a million hours a week, um, and some of the businesses are probably flagship, and yeah. not that financially successful, but still flagship. And others are probably not flagship, but are much more successful in terms of the dollars. And put them all together, the mix is right. Yeah, Guillaume Brahimi, uh, good mate of mine, great mate of my family's. Been Thanks. a great pleasure having Thanks, you. Mate. Mark. Thanks, Mark. This has been the Mark Boris podcast. You can follow Mark on Twitter at Mark Boris and find out more at markboris.com.au.
Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.